it's uh, interesting. I don't know how much information David had or if he had any. Um, because none. Okay, so it's divine providence then. That's good. That's good. So it, it is divine providence. Because today we're going to be looking at a doxology and, and, and the worthiness of, of God and how worthy he is and how worthy he is of worship. Um, I'd ask that you uh, turn to the letter of Jude. Uh, it's easier to start at the back of the book and work forward. should be on page 1024, 1025, 1026, on 1027. Jude is a very Im important little letter, and, and we're going to be looking at the, the last couple of verses, but I would like to begin by, by reading the book uh, the letter in its entirety um, because it, it is important um, we're dealing with things today that we have dealt with the entirety of the church's existence uh, and Jude approaches and speaks of uh, heretics uh, but let's let the Holy Spirit and, and God's word speak Jude a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to those who are called beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality, and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds, swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way 
and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers, following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. I've titled this message, Blessed Assurance. Soteriology is the study of the doctrines of salvation. Eternal security is the resting point of soteriology. It's the most important element of salvation. Some teach and believe that salvation can be lost. But as we saw in the first verse from Jude, to those who are called, beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. So who is keeping the kept? Is my kept being kept by me? Is your kept being kept by you? If I could lose my salvation, I would. And so would you. And at what point would you lose it? Would it be at the next big sin? Or would it be at the next any sin? Would it be at a moment of doubt? Would it be like Peter at a denial of Christ? We don't have to deal with it. Because the keeper of the kept is God. Those that teach this also diminish the doctrine of total depravity. They think that we are better than we are. And, and by our own human nature, we do too. This is another, another reason why the total or radical depravity is so important. It reminds us of who we are. Now, there's a well-known preacher. I look at Susan because she's going she's to appreciate this one. In Houston, who raises a Bible every week in front of a basketball arena and millions of people on television and says, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Pretty much that's the last he touches the Bible. The proclamation is made, but it's a lie. He doesn't do what he says he will. I truly believe that he is a tool of Satan. If he believed what he said, he would preach what man truly is. But he doesn't, and he won't. 
He's quoted as saying the reason he doesn't talk about sin is because people already know that they're bad. No, they don't. People think that they are instinctively good. We're quickly going to look at, at Tulip to see how this interweaves with our passage today. We'll pay special, special attention to total depravity and the perseverance of the saints, which are the bookends of the acrostic. So this uh, came from the doctrinal election by, by John Popper, these definitions. Uh, T is for total depravity. Our sinful corruption is so deep and so strong as to make us slaves of sin and morally unable to overcome our own rebellion and blindness. This inability to save ourselves from ourselves is total. We are utterly dependent on God's grace to overcome our rebellion, give us eyes to see, and effectively draw us to the Savior. Unconditional election, the you. God's election is an unconditional act of free grace that was given through his son Jesus before the world began. By this act, God chose before the foundation of the world those who would be delivered from bondage to sin and brought to repentance and saving faith in Jesus. The L is limited atonement. The atonement for, of Christ is sufficient for all humans and effective for those who trust him. It is not limited in its worth or sufficiency to save all who believe, but the full saving effectiveness of the atonement that Jesus accomplished is limited to those for whom that saving effect was prepared. The availability of the total sufficiency of the atonement is for all people. Whosoever will, whosoever believes, will be covered by the blood of Christ. And there is a divine design in the death of Christ to accomplish the promises of the new covenant for the chosen bride of Christ. Thus, Christ died for all people, but not for all in the same way. Ah, irresistible grace. This means that the resistance that all human beings exert against God every day, the resistance that all human beings exert against God every day, every moment of their life. If you are not in Christ, you are at enmity with Christ. This is wonderfully overcome at the proper time by God's saving grace for undeserving rebels whom he chooses freely to save. And P, what we, what we said we talked about earlier, the perseverance of the saints. We believe that all who are justified will, will win the fight of faith. They will persevere in faith and will not surrender finally to the enemies of their souls. This perseverance is the promise of the new covenant obtained by the blood of Christ and worked in us by God himself. Yet not so as to diminish but only to empower and encourage our vigilance so that we may say in the end, I have fought the good fight, but it was not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Jude 24 and 25 is a doxology. It is a word of praise. We often, I, I, I've, I've noticed this in my reading. I pray that y'all are further along than I. It's like I skip over the first of the book and the last of the book to get, it's, it's kind of the bread, and I want to get to the meat of the sandwich, which is in the middle, and I'll just read over quick the first and the last. But this is a mistake. Um, 
what we have here is a prayer of glorification to God. This is a foretaste of our future. This is what we're going to be doing in heaven, continually praising God. Jude 24, 25 reads, once again, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to him, Christ, God the Son, the second person of the Godhead, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that walks with us daily. The Holy Spirit is the one that we draw our sanctification from. And remember, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all co-equal, not the same. Who is able to keep you. The, the outline of the biblical usage of this word is to guard, to, to watch or to keep watch. Um, to guard a person or a thing that, that it may remain safe. And to keep it from stumbling. To keep one from stumbling. This, um, this word in the Greek is, is the root for apostates. And, and this book speaks of apostates, but this is the only use of this word, even though it's the subject of the letter. To keep one from falling. So the same one that keeps you, the same one that saves you, keeps you. And here you can see some of the fallacies of, of Armenian doctrine. If I am ultimately responsible for my salvation, I too would be responsible for my perseverance. The strange thing is that you'll hear this along with eternal security being preached. So you're more free not as a saved person as you, than you are as a saved person. Because I can choose to go to God, Christ, but I can't choose to leave him. What the Bible teaches is that God chose you and God will keep you. And he will keep you from stumbling. Why does he keep you from stumbling? In order to present you blameless. Blameless. Can you imagine being blameless? Top Lady writes of this in Rock of Ages. Be of sin the double cure, save from wrath, and make me pure. How are you going to stand before God blameless? There's only one way. That you are in Christ, wrapped in his righteousness, and not your own. John Bunyan wrote, but one day as I was passing into the field with some dashes on my conscience, fearing yet that all was not right, suddenly this sentence fell upon my soul. Your righteousness is in heaven. I thought I saw with the eyes of my soul Jesus Christ at God's right hand. There was my righteousness. Wherever I was or whatever I was doing, God could not say of me that I lacked his righteousness, for that was ever before him. Moreover, I saw that it was not, good, not my good frame of heart that made my righteousness better, nor my bad frame that made my righteousness worse. For my righteousness was Jesus Christ himself. The same today, the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Now did my chains fall off my legs indeed. I was loosed from my afflictions and irons. My temptations also fled away. From that time, those dreadful scriptures of God quit troubling me. Now I went home rejoicing for the grace and love of God. Spurgeon wrote, We can overcome lusts itself and anger and the fierce passions of the will better than we can ever master the proud boastfulness which rises in our hearts and tempts us to think ourselves rich and increased in goods, while God knoweth we are naked and poor and miserable. And note, the, the passage says that we're presented. You're, you're given. You don't present yourself. You are presented before the presence of his glory with great joy. Glory, as we said, is a doxology. That doxa is, is glory in the Greek. In this text, it's speaking of the majesty of God. Majesty is a thing belonging to God. The kingly majesty, which belongs to him as supreme ruler. Majesty in the sense of the absolute perfection of the deity. Alistair Begg, I was, I was listening to a sermon that he had this week. Um, and he gave, he was talking about the, the thief on the cross. And, and he's like, you know, this is somebody I want to find when I get to heaven. And like, how did, how did that work? And the, the angels at the gates may have had the same question. The thief walks up and the angel goes, so how can I help you? Why are you here? He's like, I, I, I don't know. He's like, what? What do you mean you don't know? I, 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 I don't know. Um, give me a second. I'm going to get my supervisor. So he goes and gets the supervisor angel. Supervisor angel comes up and says, um, Yes, would you be able to tell me about the doctrine of justification? I, I, I don't know what that is. Okay, what about the doctrine of Scripture? No. Why are you here? The man on the middle cross said I could come. Doctrine is very, very important. But this is salvation. The man on the middle cross said how many of y'all have been called into the office or told we need to talk what's the first reaction overwhelming sense of dread what have I done what didn't I do why am I here but but does your spouse or your boss carry with them absolute perfection but still you enter with dread and fear now let's go back you will pre be presented blameless before the presence of his glory blameless spotless sinless and glorified because you are presented with Christ's righteousness imputed to you from him having lived a sinless life 
and bearing your sins upon a cross and presented with great joy exaltation to be presented with, with great joy think about the joy you have when, when you bring your newborn to your parents and you're presenting the baby to the grandparents for the first time or if, if you've been dating a person and you're introducing them to your parents um there's a little bit, there's little risk that the grandparents aren't going to like the baby. All right, all right we're just going to throw that one out there, you know, speaking as one. But the relationship, will, will mom and dad like her? You know, is, is, if, if, how, have I, how have I done on this? But in Christ, there's no worry about being accepted. The believer is accepted and presented with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. To the only God, one God, three persons. And y'all remember, God is not running for God, and there won't be a recount. To God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, God is our Savior. You know, we always say our Savior, Jesus Christ, which is true. Jesus Christ is, is God. But to God, our Savior, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Deliverer, our Preserver. To God, be the glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. To God, be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded, who yielded his life, our redemption to win, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. O oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. As Christians, do we recognize God's glory in all things? We may see it in nature at times. If the sunset is just right or if the sunrise is just right. But do we see it in history? Do we see God's working through history? Here's a good one. Do we see it in politics? More importantly, do we see it in our lives? What does it mean to give glory to God? Exodus 14, 4 says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. God is glorified through the hardening of Pharaoh. Exodus 16.10 And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. 1 Chronicles 16.24 Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. 
The height of folly would be to seek one's own glory above the glory of God. But how many people do it? It's foolish. I am a fool. Proverbs 16, 18 reads, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now we happen to be at the end of a month that has been promoting pride and the normalization of all kinds of reprehensible sins. Brothers and sisters, we are now the counterculture. Majesty. Strong's definition says greatness, the greatness of God. Majesty points to the ultimate kingship. A king or queen is addressed as your majesty. How the most brilliant and beautiful throne room you could even imagine must pale in comparison to the glory and majesty that we'll see when we get to heaven. It won't even be as close as the comparison as the light of a single match is to the sun. Dominion means force and strength, power, might, mighty with great power. Merriam-Webster's dictionary gives sovereignty as as a meaning. And and I've, I've said before, we as Americans don't really understand sovereignty. We are ruled by the masses in theory. But every once in a while, we will run into sovereignty. Does anyone here know what eminent domain is? Eminent domain is where the real where the real estate that you own can be forced from you for the greater good, whether it be a road project, um, whether it, it's happened before for shopping malls. It happened in Chattanooga for shopping malls. In times like this, it reveals who has ultimate authority in that situation, and it's not you. Now, this has negative connotations, but who would be better to have dominion than God? Do you want the Republicans to have dominion? Do you want the Democrats to have dominion? How about corporations and big tech? Do we want them to have dominion? Do you want dominion? No, you don't. Dominion resides exactly where it should, with the all-holy, one true God. And we should rest in this. The authority. Authority goes with dominion. It's the power of rule or government. The power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. wonder and awe in that the one who is over all keeps you. Can you see the, the, the joy and the praise in this doxology now? This is, this is written. It wasn't even written for the reason that Jude wanted to write it. Heresy was such a problem that he changed the reason why he was writing the book. 
or the letter. And it ends in before all time and now and forever. This speaks to the eternality of God. Before all time. God is not bound by time. Now. God is in control right now. And forever. Forever will God be in control. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again I come to you thanking, thanking you for this church, thanking you for the family that you have given me with them. And I ask your blessings to be upon each and every one here, those that couldn't be here, or that we will go out this week and speak of you and stand firm for you. Lord, let us not sway, be swayed by temptations or or fear, but let us stay strong in you. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, announcements. Y'all seen the little extra insert for Miss Pat next Saturday. I left mine somewhere else, so if anybody's got it in front of them, yell out the, yell out the time. One o'clock. All right, that was not a, that was not a yell in. That was a. How was the sprinkle? Sprinkle was good, good. I was I was uh that that was it only took me a little while to figure that one out. I was but that yeah okay good good I just thought it was the old guy up up here so uh, any other announcements.